Welcome back, everybody. You got Justin here. I'm joined by Kristen Zitani. Hey there. Hi. And we're here to present episode 369 of the official PlayStation podcast. We're thrilled to be here with you today. We have a big show. We got a lot of fun stuff for you today. We're going to have some news highlights from throughout the week, a peek at next week's new releases. We got uh, some hands-on impressions of Cyberpunk 2077 from Kristen Zitani. Oh, man, I'm excited to hear about that. And we've got a very special interview with um, this one is <laughs> I had so much fun with this. Uh, we reached out to Young Horses and Caro Caro Bonito to talk about uh, it's Bug Snacks, the theme song for the game Bug Snacks, which everybody the most has addicting been, song in the it's world. It's so good. I haven't been able to stop singing it. So naturally, I have genuinely been singing it every single day since that trailer yeah, came out. So I walk around humming it all the time. So naturally, we reached out and said, like, yo, can we interview you for a podcast? And uh, would would you would you guess uh, Carol Carol Bonito was actually down to do an interview? So uh, listen in for that. Um, we also have um, well, you know what? I'll, I'll save that for a little bit later in the episode. But uh, let's move straight into next week's new release highlights. We have a big one, as always. The dates mentioned here are subject to change. They're for the U.S. region only, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Kristen, I will mm-hmm. uh, be a nice guy and I'll let you take the big one if you want. Oh, the big boy. Uh, well, we have Marvel's Iron Man VR coming to uh, PSVR on July 3rd. Uh, yes. I cannot wait for this because ever since I we played that demo, I forget when, it like almost a year ago, I want to say, mm-hmm. I yeah. have been so excited to play that. Like you really absolutely feel like you are Tony Stark, like you are flying through the air. You can feel the thrusters like it's it's just magnificent. So I'm, I'm yeah. super, super excited for this one to be out next week. It's great. Yeah. Even that super early build that we played forever ago, I was so impressed by how good it felt then. So Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I am excited to play the full release when it launches on July 3rd. We have two other highlights here. Uh, They are uh, two sides of the same coin. It's Blaster Master Zero and Blaster Master Zero 2 coming out on June 29th. Uh, These are PS4 releases of uh, games that have perhaps appeared on another platform at some point in the past, but uh, I played the first one a little while ago and I was impressed by it. It's a nice little throwback to the Blaster Master games, uh, if you're familiar with those from way back in the day. Um, it's a new new take on that uh, and it's super fun. So that nice. is our new release highlights for next week. Uh, a bit of a smaller list, but we do have that big boy in there, so get, get your uh, PSVR ready. Uh, moving on to the news. Kristen, do you want to kick us off? Oh, yeah. So we got news that could be used if one were to so choose to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to do the whole song and dance. Well, I mean, Sid's not here. He can't too make late, nothing. Too late, Justin. Uh, I already yeah. did it. Uh, he's, but, uh, you know, he's a bad influence on you. I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, but coming right <laughs> out the gate, so we have Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time launching on Boom. PS4 October 2nd. Uh, Crash is back, it baby. It is about time. <laughs> It is about Crash time Bandicoot be Four. Can you believe that? It feels so weird to say the words Crash Bandicoot Four. It's been what a decade since the last since Crash Three, like longer than that, I think. You I know, mean, I don't know. It's been say, a long time. You could say that it's about time. Um, <laughs> but you know, Crash Four is going to find us. You know, um, Neo Cortex has busted out of the penitentiary, and Coco and Crash have to you know 
go through space and time apparently to uh, stop mm-hmm. him and get get things back to normal. So they there's a great blog post that's talking about how Bob's or toys for I was about to say Bob's for toys, uh, toys for Bob <laughs> have uh, developed this that it's sort of you know it has a lot of the original design from the classic, but everything you know has been updated. There's new gameplay mechanics. There's a lot of uh, new things that fo- folks from the original series and the original th- uh, three are going to really enjoy. But there's going to be some exciting new additions that are going to make this a really fun play. And then there's also the ability to switch between the modern and retro modes. So for folks that want to go for that more old school vibe, that will be an option. It looks great. I've watched the trailer three or four times and it's just like it, it nails the crash vibe. I think it, it captures the spirit of what made the originals great. And they're not trying to stray too far from the formula that worked for the original trilogy. Um, but it looks updated in all the right ways. I think it looks like a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, we got a great story from Square Enix. Big shout out to our pals over at Square Enix for uh, writing this excellent story about the summon system in Final Fantasy VII Remake and how they went about building that. It's really insightful, and they actually dug out some of the initial sketches and design documents from when they were first brainstorming this new system because obviously the summon system is very different than it was in the Mm -hmm. original game so they get into a lot of why they took it in the direction they did they actually talk about um there's one summon that is not in final fantasy 7 remake that players might have expected to be there um and they get into why that summon is not there um i'll spoil it it's ramu ramu (laughs) rama i I think it's ramu oh ramu Rama, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Ra, Ramu uh, is not in Final Fantasy VII Remake, but they explained that, like, well, uh, and minor Final Fantasy VII summon spoiler, if you haven't finished the game, there's there's an endgame spoiler, uh, summon that you can get, so skip ahead 30 seconds if you haven't gotten that. But, uh, yeah, Bahamut is the last summon that you get in that game, uh, and they were talking about, like, well, we really wanted people to be able to see Bahamut in Remake, and uh, so we put our effort into doing that instead of Ramu. So, but they Got also it. say that like Ramu is on the short list for you know when they need to have that discussion again for future installments. He's uh, going to be in consideration. So, crossing fingers for our uh, sparkly lightning boy to make an appearance in a future installment. Nice. Yeah. It, it was a really good post too. I liked how they sort of talked about the the summons that people are familiar with you know like shiva coming back how they sort of re remade her remade the design to sort of reflect the newer game so she has a little bit of the old but a lot of the new as well so it was a good post yeah yeah i agree um Let's see. The next one is, so we announced the PlayStation Bug Bounty Program, which this is a program that we're going to be working with a, a security research company called HackerOne. Uh, but basically for folks that, you know, are, are interested in making sure that PlayStation uh, is as secure as, as possible, we're introducing this Bug Bounty Program that's going to have rewards for if you can help find various issues, you know, critical issues related to the PS4, any sort of vulnerabilities just for folks that are within the security research community or just like gamers that if you've noticed something that's kind of wonky, you can you can help us catch those bugs catch them uh we'll be talking more about bugs later uh we have another great story (laughs) about (laughs) different kind of bugs don't catch them like that (laughs) real real tasty bugs um so excuse me i just had a cupcake before this uh it was delicious um so ghost of tsushima is out soon and we have an excellent story from sucker punch talking about the combat 
and uh, how the combat works. It gets into a lot of nitty gritty details about the combat system and uh, things like how the like those circles that are in the corner of the screen. What are those? Well, that's the resolve meter. And uh, when Jin does certain things, he can accrue resolve, which he can then use to do certain things like heal himself or do or uh, execute devastating attacks. Um, gets into things like different stances that he can use, which are effective against, uh, well, effective in different types of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, really insightful post. I don't want to try and paraphrase it too much. I would recommend going to PlayStation blog and reading Ghost of Tsushima Mastering the Katana. It was published on June 23rd. Great piece. Lots of discussion happening in the comments for that one. I cannot wait for Ghost of Tsushima. I'm a huge Sucker Punch fanboy. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on there next uh, masterpiece to be. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So we had for folks who are super, super hyped for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, uh, you know, we sort of announced already some of the original faces from from the original games are going to be coming back, but there's also a bunch of fresh new skateboarding faces that they wanted to make sure uh, were included in the lineup that was sort of a reflection of who's, you know, skating right now so you can check out the full blog post that has all eight of the the newcomers but it goes in depth so that you can get to know lizzie armanto you know you have riley hawk who's tony hawk's uh tony hawk's kid and then leo baker a couple of other folks uh that if you're not as familiar with them um go check them out because they they're rising stars and they're going to be in the game making slick moves just just as the ogs did cool uh firewall zero hour for playstation vr has a fifth season it's now live it adds a new map to the game uh called black site uh it's also got a a new contractor called luna uh Mm -hmm. it's got some new cosmetic rewards it's got a new weapon a new legendary weapon skin uh all kinds of fun stuff being added to well newly added to firewall zero hour so uh hop in there maybe it's a good time to revisit that excellent strategic first person shooter uh in playstation vr nice you should take this next one justin i guess i should take this next one huh uh yeah i didn't organize (laughs) these very well so we've got a uh speaking of excellent stories at playstation blog and speaking (laughs) of bug snacks uh we reached out to (laughs) gut we reached out to gus uh gus is uh the producer for he's a producer and songwriter for caro caro bonito and he took the time to thank you gus if you're listening to this he wrote an excellent story talking about uh the process of writing the bug snack song uh and kind of what that was like (laughs) from the band's perspective and what it was like kind of getting the pitch and uh kind of the direction that they took it in and why they wrote it the way that they did um kind of he shows off like uh some of the tools he used to write it shows off there's like a a picture he took of the notebook where they sketched in the (laughs) uh the lyrics the first time they ever sketched out all the lyrics for the song so um really insightful look at how caro caro bonito writes music and how they went about writing the bug snacks theme um i i loved it i was captivated by the story and i think you will be too if you go give it a read Nice. But Krista, um, I want to hear more about your big mm. gameplay experience you had recently. Yeah. So if you guys head to PlayStation Blog, you can see I uh, I dropped a full hands-on impressions for the four hours that I got to play of the prologue of Cyberpunk 2077. And can I just say, I am so hyped for this game, Justin. Like, yeah. I already, my your, expectations Your story were, was excellent. You, oh, thank like, you. Not not to like gush too much, but man, we have a team Please of do. great writers. Uh, Kristen, your writing has come a long way. Uh, I read that you. story and I was like, damn, like this is really good. Like, I mean, you've always been a good writer, but this was legitimately like 
damn, I'm impressed. I appreciate um, that. I think I work better <laughs> under pressure because we had a really, really tight turnaround from when we played it to when the embargo lifted. And I was like, I got to get this out. So <laughs> it all worked out in the end. But we'll uh, just give you shorter deadlines going forward. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but if you haven't had a chance to read it yet, let me talk about it now because I have Please much, do. much to say. Uh, this game, I was already incredibly, incredibly hyped for. You know, I'm, I'm a been playing Witcher 3 all year. Uh, I'm a really big fan of CD Projekt Red's, you know, quest design style. They they really know how to make an open world RPG. Uh, when you really quick, if I can interject, when you went into Cyberpunk as somebody who's playing, been playing The Witcher a lot recently, like mm-hmm. where was your mind at? What was the first thing you thought when you start when you got into Cyberpunk? Like, were you trying to compare it to The Witcher, or um, did it feel more like a clean slate for you? I think the the way, you know, I, Michael had a similar question around this because one thing that we talked about is we only had four hours to play. And so I was like, what do, oh my God, what do I do? Do I go for yeah. side quests? Do I try to find like, like the this tutorial healthy... in a CDPR game? Exactly. Right? Like the, even, you know, there was someone from CDPR um, in my headphones with me sort of going along for the ride. So if I had any questions and just from the character creation, she was like, you know, I was in there tinkering and she was like, I just want to give a gentle reminder <laughs> that you might want to like not spend too, too much time here. And I was like, oh my God, she's right. I gotta go. So oh, it's, it, it definitely was something that because you I only had those four hours um I had like a little bit more of like a game plan whereas with Witcher um I think the first time I ever played Witcher I ended up putting it down because I tried to just gun the main storyline and I like didn't really take the time to explore the world whereas this time going in blind basically I was like I'm gonna try to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that and like try to do some main story too so I get a little bit of all the flavors um yeah. but but even then you know one of the amazing amazing things about this game you know Witcher you play as Geralt of Rivia who is this phenomenal fantasy you know character and protagonist but in cyberpunk you make V you make who this mercenary is going to be and it starts from character creation but like even just from the opening moments you're choosing a life path which is basically a, a quick backstory um yeah. for who your character is going to be you could either be a nomad um, who are sort of these like wastelanders that live outside the city. Uh, you could be a street kid who's someone who's been born and raised in Night City and you're you're kind of, you know, in the slums and you just know street smarts and everything like that. And then you could be a corpo who is someone who uh, works for one of the mega corporations. You live with the upper echelon. Uh, and it whichever intro that you choose, it's going to drastically change what your prologue is going to be. Because for I, I chose a street kid, but I found out from looking at some of the B-roll that they sent to us and seeing what other pe- players ended up doing. If you start as a nomad, you don't even start in Night City. You start outside oh. the city. you got to drive in and find your way and everything. Wow. So like your intro and that opening quest that you're going to have that introduces you to the main storyline and gets you into Night City is going to be drastically different depending on... You said your. something in your story, in your write-up about like it started with the character's nose being broken. Is that yeah. true of all of those backgrounds or is that only because that, you chose that the That was that was exclusive to the street kid uh, intro. So if you if you start as a street kid, it's that you start out in a dive bar and literally your opening moments are you're looking in a mirror and your nose is broken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. And and you and the bartender are sort of just chatting through it. Um, but yeah, so I know it's if you start, if you're a street kid, you start there. If you're a nomad, you start out uh, in a garage, I believe, out in the wastelands. And then if you're a corpo, you, you start at one of the mega corporations called Asaka. Um, and I don't, I don't know what happens if you're a corpo, but I've seen, I've seen some footage from what happens if you're a nomad. But I, I played through the Street Kid prologue. I thought it was really, really cool to just be 
dumped in right the center of Night City and sort of having to, to find my way around that way. Um, but every every aspect of this game just didn't, like I could not stop staring. Like <laughs> Night Night City is just brilliantly realized like every corner there's the street food cards there's you know people on the streets that you can go up and talk to you can go into bars and apartments and like interact with just ever all of these different characters that some of them have like just short conversations that you're picking up on like these little flavors of what's going on in the city and you can sort of just see the different dynamics of of each district but then within that if you're if you take the time to wander like you're going to find random quest givers you're going to find uh, as you move through the districts you get these text messages for different gigs and so your your different quests and uh, bounties I guess you could say are called gigs uh, and so mm-hmm. at any moment you could just be getting a text message and be like whoa wait a minute I, I need to read this like this this sounds crazy um, there was there was a point that I ran into a a boxing trainer and he sort of had this like robotic boxer and I was in the middle of doing the main quest and I was like whoa 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 let me stop you there boxing you say Um, and (laughs) just took the time to to interact with that and that opens a whole new quest Um, there's there's just a lot of very colorful characters in, in the entire world like Outside of even just the the people that are mainline for the main quests that you're going to meet, uh, you just find just weird people <laughs> as you're exploring the city, and it's it's enough that like I could have spent that entire four hours just like wandering and talking to people and seeing the different uh, cybernetic modifications that they do. There's some folks there there are monks in the city that they believe that humans shouldn't have modifications, so you can actually meet hmm. people that are like purely a hundred percent human and sort of have that dialogue with them. You can On kick the flip their butts. side, I know, <laughs> or you might be saving them. Uh, who, who's to say what will happen? Uh, but it's just it—it it really has a lot of individuality, and like every single district, you could see like the intense detail that they put into how they wanted the style to look, how they wanted the people to look. Like you can tell when you've moved into a different district based on who's there uh, and mm. who you're interacting with, or like what you know—is it more neon? Is it a little bit more grimy and like metallic? Um, certain gangs, you run into different gangs that they all have a different style. Like some of them are a little bit more like feather and flare, and some of them are like super, super into the the modifications that like there, there was one gang that almost everyone that I interacted with, they had all replaced their eyes so that their their forehead just had this like red laser type situation going on. <laughs> uh, so they were all a little bit more like mechanic than human, I guess, but but they're all people. Um, That's so right. yeah, it's it's just a total trip to be going through Night City. And I, there's a million things that I could comment on. But I think the the three biggest things that stood out for me is that I I chose to put a lot of my skills into hacking. I, I like to try to play. I'm not the best at being stealthy, but I try my hardest to be stealthy when I can. You should enter the, um, uh, the bug bounty program. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, n- maybe not in real life, but in video games, <laughs> I try to be a good hacker. Um, and so this game's hacking capabilities are really, really cool that when you enter a room or you enter any sort of enemy encounter, you can scan the room with you. You have your own cybernetic eye, basically, that is sort of your HUD. And so it allows mm. you to hack into things. And so as you play the game, you can be downloading new software to help you hack in different ways. You can be downloading software that once you've hacked into an enemy, you can then install programs called, uh, da- I don't know if it's demons or daemons. I don't remember if someone said it. Um, it's yeah. spelled like daemons, like when you get like yeah. a mailer daemon <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, that's um, an old computer term. But you can download that to basically... Uh, 
you can make their weapons malfunction. You can make things explode. You can make you can set them on fire. Like they just randomly catch fire, and they're like, "Oh no! Like my tech is broken." Um, <laughs> that sounds amazing. But it's so much fun because you go into a room and it just becomes this puzzle of like, "How do I want to take all oh, of these guys down?" Um, so cool. And I feel I feel a little bad for the the PR person that was sitting with me because there was one room that I got through that I just like was not nailing it <laughs> stealth wise like I was so determined to do it stealth uh, and I kept getting caught and killed and having to redo it and redo it and so it was kind of funny that she had to watch me go like five or six times to really figure out like what was going to be my pattern to get out of this room <laughs> uh, but it worked eventually. Uh, but yeah, no, it, I remember it's... I, I saw, uh, about a year ago, exactly. Actually, I saw a behind closed doors demo at E3 of this mm-hmm. game and I was impressed by little detail, <clears throat> excuse me, little details. And we talked about this a year ago, I think on the podcast, things like, um, when people speak a different language, it is like, like the, the translation is happening in real yeah. time, like in your little eyeball hood thing. Yeah. Yeah, it had it had that. Um, there's a moment that sometimes when you interact, uh, sometimes if you have an enemy encounter, like they might hack you in the same way that you're hacking oh. them. Uh, and so in in those moments, like if you if your system's been hacked, you might have to go to someone that can help you fix it. Basically, it's sort of like a doctor for your tech. Um, and I'm the the term for them is escaping my mind right now. No, wait, it's a ripper doc. You have to go to a ripper doc to help you fix it. Um, cool. And so in the moment in between from when you're in that encounter and going to the ripper doc, it's like everything that you do, like just slightly twitches, just swi- slightly glitches out a little bit. So sort of having that, like all of your interactions are just like reminding you like, hey, you should probably go get that checked out. Like everything's <laughs> a little bit off. Um, but yeah, it's like little details like that. There would be things like, this is a really weird call out, but I love the sound design for when you sit on something like they really <laughs> they paid attention to like what fabric you're sitting on because like certain I they they had <laughs> they had distinctions for some of the different districts like what their design is like there's a part of the city that's kitschy and so it's all like very colorful like pleather and very like gaudy looking stuff and then like yeah. when you sat on ple- that those couches like it was noticeably <laughs> a different sound than it if makes you- that like weird squeak sound. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's like such a silly thing, but every time that I sat down on something, I paid attention to it and was like, hmm, what, oh, what, what is this? And it, they just, they paid attention to the little things like that. Um, they, whenever you're driving or if you're wandering around the city and you just happen upon a place that has a radio, there are a lot of radio stations, like naturally, like an insane amount of radio stations. Like I, I spent a lot of time in the car and someone's passenger seat, just like flipping through them uh, a lot of different genres. So I'm, I'm very excited for the soundtrack for this to come out because there was some really cool synth wave stuff. That was what I defaulted to. Oh yes. Um, but yeah, it, there was that. Let, let's see what else there. There's a cool little hacking game that comes up when you're hacking that it can help, uh, each each thing that you do costs a certain amount of like I guess hacking skill points necessarily like they they all have like a, a certain weight of how hard it is to do but you can reduce that by playing this hacking game at the be- at the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's cool. I think it's it gets a lot harder as you go through the game. I want to say, but at the beginning it was it was relatively simple that it was sort of like this patterned number letter sequence. But I just like hacking games, so I was like, let me at it. Let me do more. Um, before yeah, before we move on, what do you think was the most? What what are you most excited about? Like when you're thinking about this game and thinking about like, okay, it's out in November. Like what springs to mind immediately? Like I can't wait to do this. I think the biggest thing is that and I where my playthrough ended was sort of towards when this mechanic was sort of being introduced. But there's a feature in the game called brain dancing that within yeah. the context of cyberpunk, it's that these are made for for people to have uh, 
some adult entertainment related things <laughs> happening, oh, but oh, it's okay. being used by V and you know their co-conspirators uh, so that they can sort of go up into like heist mode basically. And what this is, what brain dancing is, is that someone uses their tech, they use their cybernetic modifications to record a scenario. So like maybe they're going to the grocery store, maybe they're going to spy on somebody, but it's that you can then record, use this recording that you relive their memories, you relive that moment, but then you can exit their body basically and hear things that they couldn't naturally hear. You can, depending on like, depending on who recorded it and what cybernetics they have, it can change what things are captured in the recording. So like one person had it that like the audio was something that they had enhanced. And so you were able to check through like what audio waves and overhear someone on a cell phone that normally the the human ear wouldn't be able to hear. Um, A different person, their eyeballs had like a heat sensor. And so that way there was like something we had to discover that was in a a freezer and we had to locate the freezer. And so because they had that in their recording, I was able to find it. Uh, And so it's, it's an interesting mechanic because it's sort of it sort of looks like you're editing video footage uh but you have to it depends on where the person is standing so where where they're moving in that space you have to perfectly figure out okay if they move to that corner of the room how far can this camera i guess you could say go it it was just it was a really cool mechanic that they they introduced right towards the end of my playthrough that it seems like it's going to be pretty important later on in the game um but overall it's sort of narrative possibilities for something like that yeah, just the general idea, though, that like there's a lot of like neurological related things that it's not just cybernetic stuff for for fighting and for like melee type stuff. It's not just to look cool. There's a lot of stuff in the game that it's like this is about brains and this is about <laughs> using people's brains against them uh, and tapping into things with like consciousness. And it's it's cool, man. I using like their all I could think of was them. I don't know. All I could think of was this game is cool. <laughs> it sounds cool. I can't wait to play it. It's out uh November November 19th. November something. Uh November 19th subject to change without notice. I'm quickly I'm stalling for time while I pull up PlayStation blog so I can uh so <laughs> November 19th. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for bringing <laughs> <Nailed with it. laughs> me. Um Cyberpunk 2077. I can't wait to play this game. It sounds so rad. Your write up got me uh more energized for it than I already was. Uh Yay. looks like it's going to be uh, good old time. Uh, let's move on to some listener letters. So a uh, quick bit of housekeeping uh, on the old listener letters. First off, I'm still working on getting a change to podcast uh, <laughs> at Sonar.com or like not blogcast anymore. We have an email address, but the problem is I can't access the mailbox. So uh, I'm working with the old IT team uh, who's also doing the whole work from home thing. So we're figuring it out. But um, hopefully very soon we'll be switching that, uh, that mailbox over. But for now, you can continue to email us at blogcast at sony.com. Hopefully this is the last week for that. Um, I'm working on it. Um, but one more thing about, about, uh, emails, just a heads up that if you email us questions about PS5, like we're probably not going to be able to answer a lot of that <laughs> stuff. But- People are a- asking some very specific questions about the hardware and like things about it and like, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. And I'm not going to open that can of worms on this podcast uh, lest I get in deep trouble from people I don't want to be in trouble with. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, please keep the letters coming, but just be aware that uh, if you're if you're writing in PS5 questions, you're basically screaming into the void because they're they're not going to get read on the air. Um, so save yourself some time and uh, hang tight. Uh, keep an eye on PlayStation Blog and our other channels. Uh, we will of course be revealing new information about PS5 as we get closer to launch later this year. Um, but we did have one really fun listener letter. I dug back a little bit for this one. Uh, we got one from Rick Sell, friend of the show, who says, Hi, podcast friends. That Bug Snacks theme song is so catchy. And then he put Bug Snacks in all caps in between two music note emojis. Very, very fun uh. and festive. So. <laughs> and every time we say the word Bug Snacks, Kristen is going bug to snacks. just uh, <laughs> sing that little, that little clip. Um, thanks, Rexel, for writing in. Uh, always a pleasure, bud. And uh, I agree, that theme song is so catchy. So catchy, in fact, that I reached out to Caro Caro Bonito and oh, Young ho, ho. Horses to see if they would be interested in joining us for a special segment on the official PlayStation podcast. They agreed against all odds and perhaps their better judgment uh, <laughs> to do an interview with me. So I would like to share that interview with you right now. I just recorded it this morning. Had a great time. Thank you so much to Sarah Bonito from Caro Caro Bonito for taking the time. Um, one fun thing that uh, we talked about before the interview. Um, you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll save that until after the interview. I, I'll stop stalling and I'll get right to it. Uh, Young Horses and Caro Caro Bonito, please listen in. On June 11th, the world gathered round to witness the introduction of something that a dedicated team of creators has been toiling over for years. The hype for the event was off the charts, setting new viewership records across the internet. In the days following the event, there was one word on the lips of everybody who watched, and one song that to this day refuses to get out of our heads. That's right, we're talking about Bug Snacks. Hey everybody, it's Justin, and today I have the great privilege of being joined by two very special guests. We got Phil Tibetowski, president of Young Horses, the creators of Octodad, Dadley's Catch, and now Bug Snacks. And we've got Sarah Bonito, the singer of Caro Caro Bonito. Uh, she also DJs as Cry A Lot, uh, and she sung that uh, amazing Bug Snacks song that we are all still singing to ourselves. Thank you both so much for joining us. Hello, thank you for having us. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Thanks. Uh, it's going great. Uh, yeah, I hope you didn't mind that silly little intro that I wrote there, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, for one, cannot stop singing the Bug Snacks theme to myself, just like everybody else on the internet, uh, it seems, ever since that PS5 reveal event. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to catch up with both of you guys and kind of talk a little bit about that song and how it came together and uh, talk a little bit more about Bug Snacks. So uh, I guess we can start with Phil, if you don't mind. Uh, I'd love to talk about Young Horses which is your sure. company and uh kind of how long you've been working on bug snacks obviously you guys had octodad dadliest catch come out uh five or six years ago 2014 i think was the release for that and yeah. uh yeah so how have things been since then and how has development on bug snacks been going uh yeah so i think Octodad came out like april 2014 on ps4 and uh since then um we've just been like toiling away at like fixing any problems with that uh, and like, you know, updating it for everything that it's on. Uh, but then also kind of trying to figure out what we were going to do next. Um, and I want to say like three or four months after release is when we started thinking about 
what we might do uh, post Octodad. Um, that had been our only commercially released game ever. So it, it was a bit of like a sophomore slump worry around the studio of like, will our next thing fulfill like what people expect from us and like, you know, better. So will it be like a um, bigger, more interesting thing? And I think when we started Young Horses, our goal uh, was to create like unique, delightful experiences each time um, and to at least to the best of our ability, if Octodad had done well, which it luckily did, uh, make something that uh, differentiates itself um, and, and kind of meets those same goals, which I, I think Bugsnacks has so far at least. Um, but getting there was difficult and frightening because um, we, you know, I mean, we could have jumped right back on the Octodad train and gone for a sequel to that. Uh, and we might someday because like there's a lot of Octodad ground left to like tread and cover. Um, but uh, it was much more <laughs> frightening in a good way to try something new. Um, so, so yeah, we've been working on that for about six years now. Yeah, I guess when you have those expectations coming off of something that was super popular, you got to make sure that the next thing lives up to those expectations, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think it's like, it's also interesting because uh, we've tried to keep like a healthy, I don't know, work ethic around the studio in that we only work like 30, 40 hours a week. Um, Good. And so just like taking our time and, you know, I mean, luckily we've had like the privilege and the success to do that with Octodad or from Octodad. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, it's tempting to try and like shove something out the door really quickly, uh, out of like fear. Um, but we've done our best to kind of stick with it and make sure that what we were doing was something we were proud of. Nice. That's good to hear. Uh, Sarah, when did you first hear about bug snacks and what was your first reaction when you heard that you were going to be doing the theme song for it? Um, well, when I first heard about it, it was from um, Gus's phone call, which is my bandmate. Um, um, he 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 got a call from Phil, and and then Gus called me, and he was um, <laughs> he was um, explaining to me about bug snacks that they're um, part bug, part snack, and these <laughs> creatures you can eat them, and we're gonna make a soundtrack, um, attract this game, and I'd, I haven't seen any pictures of of bug snacks or anything just this what gus told me so i was like okay this sounds sick okay let's do it and yeah and that's how it all started um did you feel like your mental image of bug snacks matched up with what was shown during the it, it was uh, much more um much more crazy than what i was thinking it was <laughs> i love the strawberries <laughs> yeah i think that young horses is good at uh kind of exceeding expectations in yeah, terms definitely. of craziness <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this track was um, recorded all remotely um, during lockdown, so we it was all done through online, even between our uh, bandmates as well. Yeah, uh, what was that process like? We actually have a great story that's live at PlayStation Blog, uh, written by Gus. Uh, so please pass along my thanks to him because the story turned out great. Um, but he gets into a little bit of what the uh, compositional process was like for the Bug Snacks theme. Really insightful read. Recommend everybody go check it out. But from your perspective, Sarah, what what was that whole process like? Because yeah, like you mentioned, it was done remotely, and I think this was the first time KKB had done something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it was. 
my it was the first time I recorded vocals by myself remotely as well. So it was basically um um Gus wrote the track and the lyrics and then he sent it over to me and then I did the vocals and then sent it back and then um yeah and then the funny thing is um I got a, a brand new mic. I never had a, a recording mic before and I got a brand new mic for this and um <laughs> apparently the the same mic um the same model was used to record Thriller, but Michael Jackson. And what? The first, what? Yeah, so the first track I did on this mic is Bugsnack. So, yeah, it's Walking going down Shadows in the history. Giants, wow. Yeah. Oh, that is so <laughs> rad. Okay. I, did not, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually got a new mic uh, for the whole work from home situation, too. Maybe we have the same one. Uh, Phil, <laughs> when did you first hear about Carico Bonito and like when did you get into them and when did you decide that you wanted them to do the theme song? It, I think it was it had to have been like 2015 that I had first heard the band. Um, it was either Sick Beat or Flamingo or uh, Party. I think I think it was Flamingo was the first track I heard, and then um, Seth Parker who is doing the music for bug snacks, uh, in game and doing, did the music for Octodad, um, was the one who introduced me to the band. And then we went and actually saw them play at Chuba's here in Chicago, um, which was really cool and fun. And, uh, over the years, I've just listened to a lot of their tracks and their albums. Um, and I think civilization one, uh, actually matched up really well with like the themes of bug snacks. Um, alongside like the sound very much vibing with what Seth was doing in game. And so that's what led us to reaching out. And I don't know, it's sort of embarrassing because like, we've never worked with a band before. Um, and so when I reached out, I ended up reaching out accidentally to like, uh, a company that was like publishing some of their singles and stuff instead of like the band's manager directly and, uh, things like that. And we eventually got to Gus, uh, and their management, um, and worked all that out. But, that was really interesting because um, we, I think picture this was the track that most kind of fit what we were going for, for the trailer and like the vibe of the game. Um, and so when we talked to Gus about doing a track, uh, that's one of the examples we gave along with like the build of the game and uh, all of our like concept information and like the script and stuff, trying to just give as much information as we could because we wanted it to be as much of a collaboration as possible. Yeah. Do you remember what Gus's reaction was when you first like pitched it into him? Was he just kind of like <laughs> blink, blink on the other side of the phone? <laughs> I feel like he took it in stride. Like it wasn't, even though it's like super weird, obviously to us, since we've been working on this for so long, it no longer feels weird. Yeah. Um, and so it's always fun and interesting when we introduce it to someone else who's never heard of it before, uh, because it's like fresh. Um, but he was like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. And actually like this kind of works with the vibe of, of what we're working on right now. So it totally makes sense for us to work together. And like Gus had heard of Octodad before. So we already yes. had like a bit of an, an in, and that was really cool. Like, I don't know, it's, um, working within games, uh, it's let alone been like cool to meet other like games people who we've been inspired by or looked up to, but then like to have a band that you really dig also be like, Oh yeah, we know about you. Uh, <laughs> that was really neat uh, to hear. 
That's great. And did you, how, how much like, uh, how much revision was there like from the, from the young horses side? Did, did KKB just knock it out in one go or did you have to go back and say like, Oh, actually, what about changing this part to sound more like this? Or was there any of that? The first demo we got was like almost nearly, like, it was very close to being spot on for what we wanted. Um, which I was surprised by cause I just expected it to take a little bit longer, not having like going through this process before yeah um and then i want to say there was only maybe like five very small revisions after that and it was only maybe like a month or less of time um of back and forth and just like sending notes and discussing um so it, it was really great and like smooth and um both gus and sarah and then like we haven't even and it's been interesting because we've really only spoken to gus so far directly uh, and so the whole time I've just been like wondering what Sarah and Jamie are thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, keeping, keeping up with, with Phil, uh, for one more question here, uh, you guys, young horses have, have proven to be pretty adept at, I think, creating hooks for your game with Octodad. It was obviously just the concept of this secret octopus father, like Sim, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. People just couldn't resist talking about it based on how outlandish the entire concept was. But now you got Bug Snacks, which I think obviously everybody is raving about the song. It's just like every oh man, I can't stop thinking about talking about Bug Snacks. Like I'm humming <laughs> the music. Uh, you know, weeks later, I'm still it's still stuck in my head. Like, is this something that you go into the creative process? Uh, in mind with like do you say like okay how are we going to get people talking about this game or do you think it's more of just like a happy accident no i mean it's definitely like a premeditated thing like um i don't know i feel like a lot of smaller creators sometimes shy away from from that idea of like well we have to think about how we're going to market this um but our team is like very aware of like hey we may create this awesome thing but if nobody knows about it then I don't know, like, yeah, yeah, it, it's not as impactful and it's not as, um, not important, but I don't know. I feel like we're more, a lot more motivated when we have an audience to kind of work for. Uh, and so when we were creating bug snacks, we were like, we need something that like no other game studio would be kind of, uh, maybe this is like stupid enough to, <laughs> to try, like, we go for pitches that if anybody else pitched internally, it would immediately get shot down, but then we take it like super seriously and try and flush that out. Yeah. And I, I think that you really nailed it. You, you, uh, hit that sweet spot of working with a band that like, obviously if you went to some megaton, like stadium filling, uh, <laughs> uh, like platinum band, they it might've been a little more difficult to get them to write a, you know, a chart topper for the game. But I think KKB is well known enough that like, there were people out there like me who were like, wait, is that, is that Caracara Bonito doing that song? <laughs> no way they got them to do that. That's amazing. Um, and then you've got a whole, a whole nother group of, fans who maybe hadn't heard of caro caro bonito but now are fans because of how catchy that damn song is um so i i think that was really just such a great uh inspired move by young horses to reach out to kkb and uh hopefully a win-win for for both sides there i mean we we lucked out honestly like i did not expect them to be like to to respond i don't know they just seemed much bigger than what we were doing <laughs> You got to reach for the stars, man. 
Um, so yeah, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about Sarah. Sorry, I haven't been asking you a lot of questions yet, but um, I want to talk about Caro Caro Bonito, this band that uh, I've been a fan of for a long time. I think it was probably maybe around the same time Phil uh, heard about you guys. That's probably when I got into you too. I heard Flamingo pop up on Spotify and was instantly just like, wow, what, what? this band has such a cool sound. What is this? And uh, yeah, kind of went from there. And you've put out a lot of music since then. I think Flamingo was the one that kind of put you on the map, but you've had so many great songs since then. Uh, I've got a lot of favorites from you guys. Your newest album, uh, I feel like, is a little more rich and complex, musically speaking, than some of your earlier stuff. And uh, we were just talking about this a little bit before we started the interview but um i feel like the newest album i can just like leave on repeat and just have in the background while i'm doing other stuff so yeah i want to talk about your roots and kind of how the band got started and how from your perspective the band has evolved over the past few years um yeah um we started i would say six six years ago now seven six years ago now um yeah um i just um it started from me uh i saw an ad on on the internet for um, someone looking for sing- a singer. And then I applied and then I met up with Gus and Jamie and that's how KKB started. Um, and then, yeah, I think um, we've been through a lot of changes with music, we've been kind of evolving, but yeah, like the most recent one, um, Time and Place um, and like Civilization, um, and with well, with time and place, we wanted to kind of um, play with real instruments and kind of play in a real band with guitars yeah, and yeah. drums and kind of like um, kind of more feel the music. So I think that's where we were going in, with time and place. And um, um, yeah, and then we're still evolving. Um, yeah, there's still new stuff coming. Nice. I'm excited to hear that. Um, did you have much? Uh, musical experience like working with a band before you met Gus and Jamie or was that kind of your first professional experience singing um yeah it's pretty much the first band I joined and still in it so it's it's, yeah we haven't had a fallout yet so that's good Um, (laughs) don't say yet (laughs) no no, yeah hopefully touch word never yeah um but there yeah, is one um, song where you talk about uh, not wanting to do anything, so you just bail on a recording session. That's yeah. Fun. Maybe <laughs> then, then Gus and Jamie will be upset with me, and yeah, that'll be the fall of KKB. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but yeah, with uh, well, I used to play the saxophone in a brass band, but that was really, oh, really? the extent of yeah uh, in um, um, at school for like three years. But that was really my experience in like music kind of world and then yeah it was my first time really singing um in front of people on stage so yeah it was it was it's been a journey yeah it's been really fun <laughs> what what has the live show experience been like for you especially as you've kind of obviously i feel like you've probably settled into it over the past few years has it has it gotten easier do you still get butterflies i mean you're not going on stage right now but when you do play live shows like is it still nerve-wracking or do you feel like you've kind of gotten into a groove there um, I think, like, at the start, uh, when you're starting off, you don't have any fans, like, cheering you on, or, so it's, it almost felt like a fight, like, not like a physical fight, but, like, you're trying to, like, kind of prove yourself to people when you play on stage, so it felt like, yeah, like, kind of, like, 
I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> there... a jewel or something. But like, yeah, and <laughs> I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but no, like no, a no, fun I totally fight. <laughs> and then now, I don't know, there's, when we play shows, people sing like um, lyrics back to us and there's like <laughs> mosh pits. It's It's gone really crazy and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I can't imagine... Well, I guess I can't imagine it, but the the idea of a mosh pit to some of the the just positive, upbeat songs that you guys sing. Is, My favorite uh, it, one it was um, when people started moshing to break, and then I'm thinking the song is about taking a break. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Are there any uh, favorite uh, favorite songs of yours to perform? Uh, definitely trampoline um, because oh, I love um, that one. We always um, play at the end and people, when I say like jump, 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 people start jumping yeah, yeah. in unison. <laughs> so it really feels like an earthquake sometimes because oh, people man. are jumping at the same time. And I remember one time we played on a second floor. So, and the green room was um, underneath the stage. And then um, after we <laughs> finished the show, the band before us was like, we thought we were going to die because we kept hearing the wall like moving at the top and... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so trampoline is oh, my favorite. That's great. Uh, great song. Tons of great songs. Uh, I I hope I can see you play live someday. Come to come to San Francisco. Uh, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I really miss playing live. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so pulling back, getting a little a little more broad. Uh, are there any specific games that either of you are playing right now? I mean, we're all kind of cooped up at the moment. Uh, lots of lots of time to catch up on your backlogs if you have anything you're playing. But um, yeah, any like Phil, any any games that are getting you through the whole lockdown situation? Uh, I feel like since it came out in 2017, I've, my mainstay has been Destiny Two. Uh, oh yeah, just playing that to death but that's mostly like it's a fantastic game but also it's like where i hang out with friends uh, and chat with them uh regularly if i don't see them in real life which you know recently has been the case um it's great the games afford us the ability to do that sort of thing oh for sure and then on top of that i started last of us 2 which has been really cool um yeah but uh yeah otherwise just you know working on this game yeah, I love the um, the idea of being able to hang out with people. I play a lot of Destiny 2 as well. I think we've actually played together a couple times. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I play a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen as well. So two uh, pretty heavily community-based games. And yeah, I totally agree. It helps uh, not feel so closed off from everybody when you can hop in and you can just hang out virtually with folks. So yeah, good answer. Um, Sarah, are there uh, any games? Sorry, I didn't ask. Like, are, do, you, do you play a lot of games or are you, are you into it? Or is this kind of more of your first introduction to the, the gaming sphere? Um, no, I, I, I do play games um, here and there. Um, I, I, really, I really loved Crash Bandicoot. Like on oh, nice. PS Did you say they just announced Crash Bandicoot 4? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did they? Yeah, just like yeah. a couple days ago. Oh, that's great. I'm I'm really excited to play. Yeah. 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 So nostalgic. Yeah, I'm excited for Crash 4. Uh it looks great. Go check out the trailer if you haven't watched it. It looks amazing. Oh, great. great. Yeah. Great music choice for the trailer they did there too. That's a um, nice surprise. 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, I do have uh, one more question for Sarah uh, to close out the interview. But before I get there, um, I just want to ask, like, is there anything else that either of you want to say to PlayStation fans out there or anything you want to talk about before I let, let you guys go? Um, yeah, I mean, I want to just thank everybody for their enthusiasm over the game because it's really heartening to, you know, hear that people are excited for it after us being kind of hidden away for so long. And I don't know, I want to thank KKB for like supporting us in this and creating this awesome track. And, uh, I don't know, we just kind of never expected to be doing the things we are doing, uh, given that this kind of like, this is Sarah's first you know, major band. This is our first major game studio. Um, and I <laughs> haven't worked in games anywhere else uh, before this. So it's uh, surreal and awesome. Nice. Sarah, was there anything else that you wanted to to say to fans before I uh, give you our closing question here? Um, yeah, just uh, just like I'm so, I'm so honored to be part of this. And thank you to the people and young horses. And I'm excited to play the game. So am I. Um, cool. Well, there is one question that ever since I became a fan of KKB, uh, there's one question that has just been burning in my mind. And now I finally am speaking directly to KKB and I can ask, how many shrimps do you have to eat before you make your skin turn pink? <laughs> well, you just have to find out yourself. That's the... <laughs> It's, it's, okay, well, uh, it's different for everyone. So you just have to eat shrimps until your skin turns pink, and then you'll know how many. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know if that's uh, sound health advice, but uh, <laughs> may, maybe I'll give it a shot sometime under, new, under new medical shrimp supervision. Challenge. Shrimp challenge, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's Bug Snacks. It's coming to PlayStation 5. That's Caro Caro Bonito. They have a ton of music. It's out there in all of the places. Um, and it's fantastic music. I recommend checking it out. Um, Phil, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Welcome back. Thank you again to Phil and Sarah for taking the time to chat with me. I hope you all enjoyed that interview. Um, it was one that I was really uh, happy to line up because I've been a Caro Caro Benito fan for like five or six years and obviously a fan of Young Horses and the stuff that they do. And yeah. I'm excited about Bugs. I remember, I remember the second that went live, you like sent our, our, our team group chat. <laughs> you were like, wait a minute. Is that Caracara Bonito? Like you and everybody you was like, oh, what? We were like, oh, what now? You clocked everybody was it like, What's immediately. A yeah, yeah. I heard her voice, and I was like, "That's Caracara Bonito. That's Sarah. Like, it's got to be." Um, and yeah, everybody in the in the team group chat was like, uh, "What are you talking about, dude?" <laughs> um, so yeah, whatever. I'm the one person who enjoyed that, but um, the song is great. So uh, hopefully, everyone else is now a Caracara Bonito fan. Legit, like, go listen to their music. They're on Spotify and. Uh, they have been making music since I think 2014 or something like that. Mm -hmm. and, like their earlier stuff is really like kind of gimmicky, hooky, like uh, like hard pop. I want to call it kind of like electronic pop. pop. Like it's it's weird. I'm it's interesting to try and describe. But um, <laughs> they have an album that came out with in 2018 that's more like indie pop kind of traditional sounding like real instruments and everything. Mm. Um, so it's also really good. Uh, I brushed up on their catalog over the past few days while I was preparing for this interview and, uh, yeah, I 
had, it's one of those things where like you hear a band and you're like, yeah, they're rad. And then you just, you know, kind of stop listening to them for a while. And then you're reminded of them later and you're like, oh man, I forgot about them. Yeah, yeah. they're great. So I went back and I listened to some, some of their newer stuff and like, yeah, they still, they still rock. Um, nice. I love them. So, uh, high praise from me. Uh, I vouch for Caro Caro Bonito. <laughs> Definitely recommend checking them out if you're wow. into music. For, um, for someone that this Bugsnack song was the first introduction, I'm hooked. <laughs> I mean, if you if you like the Bugsnack song, go listen to Caro Caro Bonito. That's what they sound like. Uh, yeah. And they're great. Uh, their breakout hit was a song called Flamingo, which is just uh, an adorable, fun ditty that uh, will also be stuck in your head for months after you hear it for the first time. I'll send you a link to it after this, Kristen. Um, nice. Great song. Um, cool. But yeah, the, the one thing that I was going to mention before we got into the interview was something that, uh, so, you know, we uh, all got in the same recording session for the interview and we were talking, doing introductions before we started recording. And I was asking Sarah a little bit about her gaming history. And we touched on this a little bit later in the interview, but we didn't get quite as deep into it as we did before the recording started. So mm -hmm. um, I wanted to share that uh, I, I thought it was really fun. We were talking, I, I was asking her like, so do you play a lot of video games? And she was saying that like, well, yeah, she had a PS2. PS2 was her first console, I believe she said. Uh, sorry if I got that wrong, but um, she was saying that she had a Dance Dance Revolution on her PS2. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, she would uh, have to, like she tried to play it, but then her neighbors would uh, get upset because oh, no. you know, she was stomping around and everything. Uh, so she had to try and like play it quietly, <laughs> which you can't really do with Dance Dance Revolution. Um, so I thought that was just a fun little anecdote that sadly didn't make it into the full interview, but I wanted to pass it along because I thought it was fun. I love that. Uh, but yeah, great interview. Thanks again to Phil and Sarah for taking the time and uh, go listen to KKB and uh, get hyped for Bug Snacks. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So there we go. Uh, that <laughs> is most of our show, but let's take a moment to talk about games that we be playing. Uh, mm. Kristen, you're playing Cyberpunk, Lucky Duck. I was going to say, so I was able to play Cyberpunk earlier this week. Uh, I, I have finished Tilu, so I, I won't mm. go into any spoilers around that. But before I talk about Tilu, uh, Tilu was so intense that afterwards I needed something Tilu very the different. The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, The Last of Us Part 2. You're right. <laughs> but uh, afterwards, I was like, I need something that is the, the polar opposite of this. Not because it Bug wasn't snacks. amazing, but because I was like, all of my synapses are on fire right now. <laughs> so like, I need something really relaxing uh, to follow it up with. And I found, I was just like wandering around in the PlayStation store and I found this, this sweet little narrative game called Coffee Talk. Um, mm. And so I, I, I just looked at the description and it was relatively cheap. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to download this, see how it goes. Uh, Coffee Talk is really, really sweet. It's very, very relaxing. It's that you play as a human coffee shop owner in a world that is basically filled with like fantasy people. So there's like, there's elves, there's orcs, there's vampires, there's a bunch of different races basically. Uh, and they all come into your coffee shop and have problems and you can talk to them and basically help them solve their problems and their like relationship woes. Uh, you can make latte art. They all request like specific kinds of coffee and you have to make it for them. And so you have all the different ingredients and you have to put them in the right order order and like discover new recipes and stuff um and yeah and you just talk to them about their problems like one of them is an alien that he he is trying to assimilate into human culture but he thinks that we <laughs> all just look like astronauts and so he's wearing like a nasa astronaut <laughs> thing and he's like is this not how is this not what you guys do 
Um, it's just, it's really, really cute. And it's, it's very self-aware. Like one of, one of the characters, there's a female orc that she's a game developer. And so one of her woes is she's trying to like figure out how to build her game and you're helping to talk to her about the narrative for it. It was like, I was like, this is meta. Um, but it's just, it was really, really sweet. Like you can make latte art. And like, I spent a stupid amount of time trying to make like a beautiful rainbow in my coffee, uh, before presenting it to someone. But it it was just, it's a really good game. They were impressed, Justin. They were like, thank you so much. As they should be. (laughs) As they should be. Um, But it's, it's just a really fun game. And so if you're looking for something to, you know, pass the time, or if you're, you're looking for something that's a little bit relaxing and sort of just fun and very, very, very low stakes, uh, Coffee Talk is a good game for you. Um, But that said, that was off the bat of me playing through Tilu, and I don't want to dive too much into that until we maybe do a spoiler cast a little farther on. But I know you are about five-ish hours in, so maybe we can lightly, super far into it. Yeah, yeah, you got your hands on the game a little earlier than I did, and you were able to kind of plow through it. But I've also so here's the thing: The Last of Us is an intense game, and uh, intensely uh, good. I've I've had some some days, like I've had some long days lately, where at the end of the day. The last thing I want to do is sit down and be just like kind of like on the edge of my seat for, you know, five hours straight. So yeah. I've been chipping away at it a little bit. I'm trying to take it slow and just like kind of uh, play it a little bit at a time. I, I am super impressed by the game for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, visually, it's spectacular. The attention to detail in just about every inch of this game is really impressive things like when you're riding your horse and you brush against a tree branch that has snow on it the snow falls oh my off God, yeah things like that like just little things and the way that i it might have been you that tweeted this the way that people kind of glance at you when you're walking by them or no I, maybe it was someone from the pr team i forget who it was yeah but. i think it was someone up but it, it is something that like yeah like you you notice all these very small things like this game is very good at looking very real like there are so many aspects of it from from the way that people look at ellie from the way that snow falls and crunches Mm -hmm. the way that like plants sort of react to her as well yeah not only Um, does it look really real just from a a purely visual technical perspective it mm -hmm. feels real in a way that very few games ever do yeah yeah the the dialogue is just so natural like Mm -hmm. we've all played a game where it's like this is video game dialogue like we're having witty banter but like there were there were moments that it's like this is just a very normal conversation that's happening in the midst the way that ellie will like mumble things under her breath uh while she's like yeah it's it like I guess natural is you nailed it. Natural is the word. It feels yeah. so natural. It feels incredibly, incredibly natural. Um, and, it's, and there's one puzzle early on um, that like I, I I'm a hardcore spoiler guy, and I don't think this is a spoiler. It's more of a mechanical thing, but um, you have to figure out how to get this power cable to a generator. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a gate in the way, and I spent a good five to ten minutes running around trying to figure out how to make this thing stretch, and then I realized like wait. I can just throw it over the fence. <laughs> and nice. so I just threw the cable over the fence and like walked to the other side and picked it up. And like the physics on the cable are so impressive. It like I've seen a few um threads on Twitter from like Naughty Dog programmers and stuff talking about like, oh yeah, this thing was this thing was a, a beast to try and program to make yeah. it like work realistically. And like that stuff really shows. I'm so impressed at stuff like that. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely moments like for me, it was the same thing with the cable. Um, it was less the throwing, but like as she's gathering it, like I don't know why, but that was the thing that I was like, let me just drop this and pick it up again. <laughs> because watching her like <laughs> gather it in her arm, like the way that each like individual loop of it sort of moved, like it it just yeah. it looks like a real cable, which is such a it, it sounds like so silly to call out, but it's like things like that that just like fully fully immerse you into this world um i a huge huge shout out to to all of the the actors in it because like this game man it is emotional it is it has moments of like incredible incredible pain but also like these these moments of joy and light and like the the way that it would bounce between those two and the way that it would sort of capture these very human moments like both sides of humanity like they're it's just insane so it's i i can't wait for you to keep playing because this game is just it is it's just so good i loved it nice uh yeah i don't want to talk too i'm not i'm not going to get into story stuff or anything but yeah. yeah like for the reasons that we just talked about i'm excited to slowly work my way through it the, the first game i remember i mainlined it i just i uh i got my hands on it and i basically did nothing for a few days until i finished it this one I'm going to take my time with a little, a little bit more. I don't want to do the, the marathon treatment, especially because I have some other stuff going on in my life right now that takes precedence. But um, yeah, I'm <laughs> chipping away at it and I'm looking forward to being able to talk more about it on future episodes of the same. old podcast. Same, same, same. Um, what, what else are you playing, Kristen? You, you mentioned Coffee Talk. Is, is that kind of finishing Tilu and then doing Coffee Talk? Is that kind of where you're at? That's where I was. And then I've also been playing Witcher 3. <laughs> Oh Which, my goodness. Okay. I, it's just, it's been a big <laughs> couple weeks for CDPR on my end. I just, I can't put the game down just yet. It's, I, it's the same situation that I have with a lot of Assassin's Creed games that it's like, I'm taking, I'm purposely not doing the main story because I want to do every single little side quest that's yeah, humanly yeah. possible. I do want to get back to Witcher 3 at some point. I, I only played again for that one too, probably like five to 10 hours of it. And then I just kind of like, I think I moved on to something else, but I want to get back to it. It's it's just a really fantastic world and it I I'm really endeared to a lot of the characters at this point too so I think a part of it is just like I just need some Geralt time right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's mainly where I've been at. Nothing Tilu has been the big the big boy. Nice. Uh well, I am still playing Final Fantasy 14. Surprise what? surprise. I sounded what? real I sounded real judgy when I when you said Witcher 3 and I was like, "Oh boy, but here I am on <laughs> our like 6300 of Final Fantasy 14. Is this a new um, game for you, Justin? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so I have been uh, working on there. There's there's a I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. There's a, a, a thing in this game called Eureka, which is a different area you go to. And this was a big thing when Stormblood was current content. Mm-hmm. This is how you got your relic weapons during the Stormblood era of Final Fantasy 14. And I decided maybe a month or so ago that I wanted to get into Eureka because I never did it when it first came out. And okay. there is a mount that you get if you finish it completely and you do this crazy thing at the end of it. It's a little like if you ever played Final Fantasy 9, there's a boss called Ozma, which is this multicolored sphere. And it's super weird. And that's a boss that they brought back in Final Fantasy XIV in a couple different areas. And uh, if you finish this crazy end game thing at the end of Eureka, you get Ozma as a mount. And it's incredible. Uh, and I decided I decided four to six weeks ago, like, I want that Ozma mount. And I decided to just start <laughs> Eureka. And I am pleased to report, anybody who plays Final Fantasy XIV and is aware of such things, please uh, applaud me now. Make me feel good about this. Uh, I got my Ozma mount. I did the Baldessian arsenal. I found a group on Discord that did like voice chat call outs and 
It's crazy, Casey. You, it's a 56-player thing. <laughs> is this, is this the thing that you, you were tweeting about one day that you were like, I'm going to do the thing, and then yeah, you did the thing? Yeah. Was this the thing? I So I tw- I was tweeting like, today's the day. I finally cleared Valdesian <laughs> Arsenal and get my Osmo mount. And then I tweeted a couple hours later, never mind, because we made it to <laughs> the final boss. There's a mechanic. So this... It's 56 players, but it's not a thing where you just get 56 people together and you push a button and you queue into it. You need to go into Eureka. You need to defeat a specific boss. That gives all 56 players a special buff that lets them enter one of 56 portals that appears on the map. So you need to coordinate outside the game. You need to coordinate with the other 55 players and figure out who's going to take which portal. There are maps that are split into sections. So you say, okay, you're group two. You're going to go group two portal six and so you need to find on the map where that is you need to move to that location wait for the portal appear to appear everybody goes in at the same time you need to plan all your different buffs and your uh your uh different um their abilities that you can bring in and you need to make sure people have specific situation this sort of reminds me of like a lot of time i know you've had a similar thing with destiny where you sort of plan out your raids with like the group that you play with (laughs) so destiny raids require a lot of planning but that's six players on mic just doing voice call outs like that is that's a raid well here's here's my here's my question so when developers are making this type of game mode or scenario do you think they're thinking through like Folks are going to have to find people offline. They're going to have to plan this out. Like, do you think they create the quest with that intention or do you think they do it and then this just naturally occurs? I, I think they do. I think that they they consider all of this. And uh, I, I'm especially sure that uh, Square Enix considered this when they were building the Baldessian Arsenal because when you initiate the quest that then leads to you being able to go into mm-hmm. Baldessian Arsenal a warning pops up that says, hi, this is really difficult content. I just want to make sure that you know that. Please like check this box to indicate that you are aware that this is not going to be easy. Um, So uh, that's a thing. Um, But yeah, so you get 56 people together, you go in and then there are people like, bless the folks on Discord. There's a whole community. There's a different one for every data center, but you can find them on Discord um, called uh, the one, since I'm on the primal data center i went i found the primal baldessian arsenal discord channel and i joined there read all the rules read all the guides the tutorials i made sure my character was prepped i had all the right actions i had all the right gear and then you go in and you have to you know find a time that they're planning a run you need to be online at that time you need to try to get into one of the groups because they fill up fast because a lot of people are still trying to do this and then once you get in then you can actually start trying to do it Um, Hmm. so we, my first run, we got all the way to the final boss and, uh, there's a mechanic that I got hit by, which I didn't know that it did this, but if you get hit by the black hole mechanic during the final boss of Baldessian Arsenal, it kicks you out of the Baldessian Arsenal and returns you to camp and you cannot get back in. Oh my God. Like, that's it. Like you're out like, nope, run over. Like, so (laughs) it took us maybe a couple hours to get to that point. And then I was just like, nope, you're done. Like, sorry, you got hit by that. You're out. Um, oh so I spent I spent the rest of that day being pretty upset. That's why I sent a tweet that was literally just the word "never mind." <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. After after it was a threaded reply to my like today's the day. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, never mind. So yeah, I was well, upset about that. Well, the good but news is that you did it. I did. did I went that. back the next day. I joined another party, and I was very careful during that run to not get hit by that <laughs> attack. And I done did the dang thing. Uh, yeah. About my mount. I'm, I'm proud super of you. I, yeah, I did one more <laughs> run. There's more stuff in there that you can get that you can use to upgrade your gear 
in Eureka. So mm-hmm. I did another run and I'm signing up for runs here and there to, you know, keep upgrading my gear. But the hard part's over. I got my mount. I'm happy if I never run it again. Like at least I got that. So uh yeah, congrats to me. I'm the best. Uh video <laughs> games forever. That's the name of the episode. Congrats to Justin. He's the best <laughs> video games forever. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh so that's uh, it for me. Uh man. That's a lot going on. Uh, that was that was quite a show. We got a beefy one for you. I hope you enjoyed yeah. the show. Hope you enjoyed my uh, uh, like twenty minutes of Final Fantasy fourteen talk. <laughs> Square Enix needs to start sending me some checks or something, man. Oh my gosh. Uh, sorry, I didn't. That's that's not true. I don't. I don't take payment for that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, video games, uh, PlayStation podcast episode three hundred and sixty nine. That's in the books. We got it in the can. Uh, anything else you wanna you wanna bring up? Am I missing anything, Casey? Um. Oh, I got nothing. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Well, thank you for listening to this 369th episode of the PlayStation, the official PlayStation podcast. Uh As always, you can email us at blogcast.sony.com. This may be the last week that that's the case. We'll see. You can find us at playstation.blog. We're at PlayStation on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on all the things. You can, uh, you can subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. If you enjoy the show, we would surely appreciate if you'd tell a friend or two uh, because, you know, we're all spending a lot of time indoors. A good time to catch up catch up on some podcasts or subscribe to some new ones like the official PlayStation podcast. Thanks to Dormy Lone for our theme song. He's dormylone-music.com. Thanks to Corey Schmitz for our beautiful logo. He's coreyschmitz.com. And we will see you next time. Bug snacks. (laughs) Perfect.